Clark today is, it is a good day to have a good day. Corey Clark once told me that, it's a good day to have a good day. Uh, Corey, like Jeff said earlier, uh, he's our preacher with pastoral duties. We like that. We like the dickens out of him down here. And uh, he's being a dad for the next couple weekends. He His daughter's rodeo, and they're on the road there in Dodge City this morning. I had a call, or I called him just to see how things were going. And, and uh, we kind of got the chance to lift each other up a little bit. And so they're, they're down there doing that. And we're we are blessed because he can go and take some time to rest himself and uh, take a little bit of break um, from from the things that he does here. And uh, when he comes back, he's always on fire, and it's it's awesome. So we're glad of that. So um, in his absence, uh, you get me today, whether you want to or not. This is your opportunity to leave if you want to. But <laughs> no, please don't. Uh, but anyway, so uh, we were standing up here this morning, and Larry walks up. Craig and I were standing up here, and he walks up shaking our hands, and he said, who's the... How did you say it? Who's the star today? Is that what you said? Something like that. So who's the who's the star today? I'm like, Jesus Christ is the star today, <laughs> and he is every day. Amen. And Corey would tell you the same thing. So, but anyway, uh, what a good day it is. It is a good day to have a good day. Uh, I've been uh, reading in my Bible. I've led to Galatians for a while. Uh, just want to read you a little bit of scripture here this morning. Um, uh, I'm going to start in Galatians chapter 1, verse 6. It says, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting Him who called you by uh, called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another. Only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, He is to be accursed. As we have said before, so I say again now, if any man is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, he is to be a curse. For I am now seeking the favor of men, for am I now seeking this favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. I was just thinking about that this morning because Corey Clark, every time, every every Sunday morning, he comes and he says. <clears throat> Welcome to Beecher. He welcomes everyone and says, We are an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving Bible-preaching church. And I was thinking about that scripture this morning as, as I was coming down here just thinking about how true that is. That's what, that's what we do here at Beecher Island. All of, our, all of our teaching comes from this book right here. There is no man-made book. There is no, uh, nothing that we, that we uh, look at to, to find what what our doctrine is, what we preach, it all comes from this word right here. And I'm so proud of that. I'm so proud that our church right down here, we stick in the word. We stick in the Bible. And that is what we're called to do. And I'm, I'm glad to be here. And, and Corey says it every morning. I, I, I do too. I pray that the words that come out of my mouth are truth. If they're not, please come tell me. Or, or if they're not, I pray that you don't hear them at all. That's what we do. And you know, it even goes beyond standing up here and preaching. Uh, I'm on the board of elders, obviously, too. And, and we will have meetings at night. This is the craziest thing. I've been on I've been on boards all of my life. I've been 4-H, FFA, the whole darn deal. But I don't think I've ever been on a board as important as the one right here at Beecher Island. And we will stay back there for hours talking about the same subject, just beating it over and over and over again. And sometimes I... I'm like, what are we doing? But at the same time, I know that each one of us that are on that board, we're getting into our Bible and we're trying to look at it from how God would want us to look at it. So everything that happens here, the, and that's the part that I probably, I probably like the least about, about church is the, 
kind of the business part of it. I don't want to say business, but, but the stuff that we have to take care of. But, it, but we were called as elders to be back there and do those things uh, for, the, for the physical needs and the spiritual needs of the church. And we are in the Bible. And we make sure that that is where, like, if it's, a, if it's a personal opinion, yeah, those things come out, but we go back to what the Word says. And so that's what we do down here at Beecher. So thank you for being here. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being part of this. And I just wanted, to, wanted you to know all of that. So um, we are glad to have you here. Uh, <clears throat> this morning, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I was, uh, I'm just a little bit under the weather. I don't know what's going on. So uh, I took some four-hour medicine this morning, so hopefully it doesn't wear off here in the next 20 or 30 minutes. We'll see what happens. But uh, uh, shoot, it's been, a, it's been a crazy busy week. Uh, we've been farming, and it's, it's crazy. Uh, you, many of you guys know um, Andrew and I started a little ministry. God started a ministry down at our little place. Uh, first Friday of every month, we call it the Open Gate. And for the last couple years, uh, we've been doing that. Each time we get to fill in for Corey here, each time that another church calls and asks me to fill in there, the devil always, he's got to attack every time. And he used to be on my spirit. He used to be like, oh, I'm not good enough. Nobody's going to show up, you know, whatever. They're not going to like when I say this or that. And all that, I'm like, whatever. Now, the booger attacks my time. We were going to do some farming this week and get our corn circles ready to go. And I was in a tractor and got auto steer. Because we're cool like that, apparently. I don't know. I'm just glad to have auto stick. I know that. And uh, as I'm farming along, uh, we, we got one circle. And I, and, and I love it because I don't, I'm don't. i a cowboy. I don't like to farm. But anyway, we got auto steer. And so if I have auto steer, I can turn around. I can hit the button. And then I can read my Bible. And I can take notes. And I was planning on like, getting a circle. Bam! It was going to be awesome. But then that tractor broke down. <laughs> I didn't have auto steer. Hooked on to a implement with a different tractor that I had to drive, and I can't drive and talk, you can ask my wife that, let alone drive and, and try to come up with something to say on Sunday morning. So it just seemed like it didn't matter what it was. It was just something that was happening. The devil was just attacking my time like crazy. And, and uh, But anyway, uh, it just always happens. The Lord always comes through, and, and I'm glad that He does. I, I try to be obedient and submissive and, and hear what He has to say. But um, So anyway, it's kind of been a wild, wild bit of a week. Uh, I made my last notes this morning. I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know how long it's going to take, but just roll with me. We're going to go over a lot of scripture this morning. Um, we're just going to get into His Word and uh, kind of make some connections of where, where I made this connection. So <clears throat> we're going to start in Luke um, chapter 21. All right, so if you have your Bibles with you, please turn them to Luke chapter 21. And I'm just going to read a bunch of scripture. We're going to go back and break a little bit of it down and just see where the Lord takes us with all this. So Luke chapter 21, uh, we're going to start in verse 5, we're going to read through 19, and uh, we'll just go from there. It says, while some were talking about, uh, about the temple, that it was adorned with beautiful stones and votive gifts, he said, as for these things which you are looking at, the days will come in which there will, be not, there will not be left one stone upon another which will not be torn down. They questioned him, saying, teacher, when therefore will these things happen? And what will be the sign that these things are about to take place? And he said, See to it that you are not misled. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is near. Do not go after them. When you hear of wars and disturbances, do not be terrified, for these things must take place first, but the end does not follow immediately. And then he continued by saying to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be great earthquakes, and in various places plagues and famines, and there will be... Uh, there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, 
delivering you to the synagogues and prisons, bringing you before the kings and governors for my name's sake. It will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. So make up your minds not to prepare beforehand to defend yourselves, for I will give you utterance and wisdom from which, which none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. But you will be betrayed even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death, and you will be hated by all because of my name. Yet not a hair of your head will perish by your endurance. You will gain your lives. Pretty, pretty powerful stuff. Jesus is talking to some, some disciples right now, um, and, and he's explaining to them. They're looking at the temple, and they're talking about how great and how big it is, and he's saying, hey, this thing's going to get torn down. This was... This was uh, he was prophesying the destruction of the temple, and the temple got destroyed after Jesus was resurrected, hung on the cross, did all that stuff. Later on, about the year seventy A.D., the, the temple got knocked down, and he was telling them that this was going to happen, and he was uh, <clears throat> making sure that they understood where their hearts needed to be. And as he was talking about this. Uh, you know, I think about this, and I, I know that it was a specific event. It was a specific time that Jesus was telling them that this is what was going to happen. But so many times, I know we can relate this to things that are happening today, things that are happening in this world today. And uh, you know, as I read through that, I know here about four weeks ago there was a guy named Chuck Anderson that came and he spoke here at Beach Road. And Chuck is a missionary. He's got a heart for Christ. He's a great guy. And uh, and he came and he spoke and he delivered a message. And, and it was, I wasn't here that weekend. I think we had some company or something coming in, but I got to listen to it online. And he had a powerful message. He did. And, uh, but I know that there were some things. He was talking about Russia, and he was talking about some end time stuff. He was talking about some prophecy. And I'm going to tell you this right now. I have not studied it, I don't have a clue. It sounded pretty good to me, <laughs> but I'm, you know, I, I don't necessarily have an opinion on that, but I know that there were some feelings that came came out of that, like, ah, just not sure what to think of it. Some people were all, yep, I'm, I'm with you every step away. Some people are going, ah, I'm not really sure what to think about that. And I'm just going to tell you this from my perspective right now, that there was, there's going to be destruction. Jesus is going to come back. This world is going to crumble. It's going to be crazy. I don't know what's happening. It talks about the wars and rumors of wars. I don't know if that's what's going on right now. But if nothing else, if you, if you listen to Chuck's sermon, if you didn't hear nothing else in that, the best part of his whole sermon was at the very end when he talk, talked about the gospel, talked about Jesus Christ, and talked about that we don't have to be scared, that we don't have to be worried about what's going on in this world, what's coming down. Um, yeah, there's signs of the times, there's all these things, but, but, uh, but it's just one of those things that in my heart I'm like, you know, we need to know the gospel. We need to know Jesus Christ. There's some cool stuff that people have a lot of knowledge about that I don't have a clue about. But let's talk about Jesus Christ. Um, as we as we go on, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go on just a little bit more to Luke 21 verse 25. We're gonna start there. It says, and it, and Jesus kind of fast forwards in his ministry. He talks about the the temple being torn down. And the craziness that's about to happen around Jerusalem, and then he fast forwards to the to to the end times when he's going to be coming back, and he says in, in verse twenty five, there will be suns in the sun and the moon and the stars and on the earth dismay among nations and perplexity at the roaring of the sea and the waves, men fainting from fear and the expectation of things which are coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will come in. Then they, will, then they will see 
the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these things begin to take place, straighten up and lift your head because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable, Behold a fig tree and all of the trees, as soon as they put forth the leaves, you see it and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you, so you also, when you see these things happening, recognize that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all things take place. Heaven and earth will not pass away. My words, heaven and earth will pass away, I'm sorry, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts will not be weighted down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of life. And that day will not come on you suddenly like a trap, for it will come on those who dwell on the face of all the earth. But keep alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are about to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. So Jesus is talking about what's going to happen in the future at some point. And uh, there's going to be crazy things happening in this world. Crazy things happen. I've got to tell you about something crazy that happened in this world and that happened this morning. At my house... I got up at 4.30 this morning. I've <clears throat> been getting up at 4.30 here lately. been going out, starting my cup of coffee or my pot of coffee. and I always cook me an egg every morning just to get my day started, get into my Bible. Try to get it all, that stuff taken care of. Spend some time with God first thing in the morning before I take off. And you'll do chores and do all the things. So I get up, walk out in the kitchen, turn the light on, rub the sleep out of my eyes, crack open the tap. I got my coffee pot, crack open the tap, and... There ain't no water. I'm like, what? No water. I'm like, well, shoot. So I turn around. In our fridge, we have this little, um, the, the little filter, what do I want like a Brita thing, right? I don't know. You guys know what I'm talking about. You fill it with water. It's good, right? It's cold. <laughs> so, so I'm like, we've got plenty of water in there. So I fill this coffee pot. Just take like the last drop. It filled perfect, perfect size for a coffee pot. Pour it in there. Good to go. Think, you know, this water situation um, will take care of it when the sun comes up. As um. Pour the last drop in there and hit the start button. I realized our son Everett uses water so he can mix with his formula so that he can eat. And I just took the last of the water for myself to make coffee because apparently I was more important <laughs> at the time. So anyway, luckily Andrew, we found some another the jug of water or something. So Everett is okay. Okay. But anyway, but I had my coffee, so all was well. So anyway, I go downstairs, I'm, I'm making some last notes on, on what I'm talking about right now. And uh, I spent some time down there and I just I look at my watch and it's pushing six o'clock. I'm like, oh I gotta I gotta I gotta get rolling. So I get up and I decide I need to go figure out what's going on with this water to walk outside and there is this creek running down through our corrals where we've got some cattle and stuff. And I'm like, oh no, there's got to be a busted pipe or something. And so as I'm walking around the barn, I look and I realize that this creek that had been made was made by me from leaving a water hydrant on for the horses 24 hours ago and it ran all day and all night long. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. So at least it wasn't a broken water pipe. But in the, in the same time, I had three horses running all over the place. Uh, Corey Clark is, had agreed to buy a couple old calves from me that his daughters are going to practice on. One of those calves are dead. Like there's all these things that are just like stacking up. And again, I told you earlier that the devil seems to attack me. And I'm like, man, he is full force right now. And the world is coming down. The world is coming down around Tucker Louthan's world right now. And I'm going, what is going on? What is going on? So, anyway, the horses wasn't too big a deal. I, there ain't no way I'm bringing the calf back. I'm not Jesus. 
It would be cool though. But I didn't. He'll get hauled off and cuts. Leave him, I'm sure. Um, and then thank God and Ray Prentice, <laughs> we were able to get the water going back again. And so we had all these things happen. But in my heart this morning, I was just like, oh my gosh, what is going on? What is going on? And it reminds me, we go back, uh, there's a verse that I really wanted to go back to, 21, chapter 21, verse 13. It says, it will lead to an opportunity to tell your testimony. In all the middle of this destruction, all the middle of this bad stuff that is going on, that will happen in Jerusalem, in the year 70, they're not there yet, but Jesus is telling them, in all this bad stuff that's going on, you will have the opportunity to give your testimony. I mean, I could have told my testimony this morning to cows and horses and my dog Roper, because um, that's what I've seen, but I'm like, no, I'm telling my testimony to Jesus. Or I'm telling my testimony to the devil. I'm not letting him have any power over me this morning. That's who I told my testimony to. I told him, I said, uh uh. No, I got Christ in me, and he's a heck of a lot more powerful than you are. And I don't care what you try to do to me this morning. It's not happening. But it gives us the opportunity to tell our testimony. I was uh, <clears throat> thinking about it, our testimony. It, 1 Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. That's King James Version. Always be ready to give an answer to every man that asks you the reason of the hope that is in you. Do you have that? Are you prepared to give an answer to someone of that hope that is in you? Maybe the first question that I have to ask you is, do you have that hope in you? Do you know what that hope is? My hope is in Christ. My hope is in the Lord, and I hope that yours is too. But is your world crashing down right now? Is there things that's happening in your life that you're like, I, I don't know what to do about what's going on in my life right now? Do you have hope? Do you know what it means to have hope? Do you, mean, do you know what it means to walk among in this earth and, and have to deal with worldly things on a day-to-day -day basis and have to worry about the devil attacking us all the time but still have a hope through that? Hope doesn't mean you're going to be happy all the time. Hope doesn't mean that you're going to be just jumping for joy and the glass always half full all the time. But hope is in Christ. If you're wondering what that hope is, I want, to, I want to explain it to you in a little bit different light. I'm going to let the Bible explain it. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. If you, have, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I think Paul does an awesome job of laying out what hope, hope might mean. And Paul is writing this to the church at Corinth. Okay, He's writing it to a bunch of believers. And they're going through some stuff. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Starting in verse 1. It says, Now I make known to you, brethren, the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, in which also you stand, by which you are also saved, if you hold fast to the word preached to you. So this is the gospel. This is the gospel which he's saying that he preached to them, which we get to hear right now too, which they received, in which they stand. They stand in this gospel. By which you are also saved. We are saved by the same gospel. This is the gospel. This is the hope. This is our Christ. This is Jesus. If you hold fast to the word, which I preached to you unless you believed in vain. And I thought that was kind of funny. I, I never picked up on that before. If you believe in the gospel, if you have believed in it, you, you receive it, you'll stand in it, you're saved by it, unless you believe in vain. 
I think it's an amplified version that says, believe in vain superficially without complete con commitment. Are you committed to the Lord? Are you committed to Jesus Christ? It goes on, and it, it, it goes to, to verse 3, it says, For I delivered you as of first importance what I also received. So Paul's saying, I'm delivering it to you, I received it, and I'm giving it to you too. That Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. And that He was buried, and that, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures. And that He appeared to Cephas, who was also, his name was Peter, we know Peter. Then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time, most of whom remain until now, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, and then to all the apostles, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared to me also. For I am the least of the apostles, and not fit to be called an apostle, because I, believe, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me did not prove vain. This is the hope that I'm talking about. This is the hope. Paul is laying it out there saying, hey, this gospel that I preached to you, it happened. It happened. Jesus Christ came and He lived on this earth and He died. And when He died, He was, he was, he was buried in a tomb for three days. That's what He's saying. And He's saying He was resurrected and He appeared to people. To people just like you and I. Jesus was resurrected. He came back. He came back to life. Amen. And I think this is awesome. What's that? Amen. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Say it louder. Uh, he, says, he says there at the end of verse 9, For I am the least of the apostles. And we all know that Paul, he was a bad dude in his day. That dude persecuted the church. That's what he's saying. He killed people because they believed in Jesus Christ. He was bad. And Jesus came. And we can read about it in Acts. Jesus came down to him and... Got a hold of him. Got a hold of him. And he says, man, I'm the least of the apostles. I've seen him. I'm the least of the apostles. But I love it because he says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. He's saying, I, I preach the gospel now. I believe in Jesus Christ. I'm a believer. I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. By the grace of God. I think about all the stuff that I've done in my life, the craziness. We heard a testimony this morning that had a lot of craziness in it. And we share the same Christ. We are brothers. And we are who we are because of the grace of Him. We are a son of God. We are a co-heir with Christ because of the grace of God. It's not because of what we did. It's because of what He did. This is the hope. This is the hope. Jesus Christ resurrected is the hope. If we go on... Uh, Verse 12 says, Now if Christ has preached that He has been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is still no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Your faith also is in vain. Moreover, when we are even found to be false witnesses of God because we testified against, the, uh, because we testified against God that He raised Christ, whom He did not raise, if in fact the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is worthless. Ouch. You are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we have hoped in Christ in this life only, we are of all men most to be pitied. But now Christ has been raised from the dead. Alright? 
And there's a lot of raised and, and stuff going on in here. But what, I want to, what, what Paul is saying is, hey, if you're saying that there's no resurrection, if you're saying that Christ didn't get raised, then we're calling God a liar. And we're calling all these people that saw Christ after he was put in the tomb and come back, and we're calling them all liars. And that means that we're not going to be raised either. That means that the faith that we have right now in Jesus Christ, the faith that we, that we profess, the spirit that is in us, all that is for nothing if Jesus Christ didn't get raised. And he's proven it. He's proven that we have a hope because Christ was raised. He's proven saying, hey, he was raised. He was raised. There was people that seen him. So my question is, do you believe in your heart today that Jesus was resurrected? Do you believe in your heart? Because it comes down to it. We're 2,000 years past this deal. There ain't one person sitting here that can say, I saw him with my own two eyes walking around. We have to believe. We have to, we have to bank on this word that was written. God's word that was written. Do you believe in your heart today that Jesus Christ was resurrected? If that's the case, do you also then believe that you will be resurrected? No matter how bad this world gets, no matter how bad life gets, you know what? We're just here for a time. And it's, I pray that we have very abundant life, each of us. But it's going to get better, I promise. It's going to get better. Uh, I'm going to flip my page and. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 42. It says, So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a perishable body, and it is raised an imperishable body. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So also it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last, Adam, became a life-giving spirit. That last Adam is Jesus Christ. And He gives us life. He gives us the Spirit. He gives us life. That is what it is saying. He talks about this seed, and I think about one of the parables that Jesus talked about. He's saying that first, a plant must die before it can be raised again. He's talking about a wheat seed. And if we think about it, we go out here as farmers, and we, we, we cut our wheat. We take our crop, and that plant, in order for us to cut it, has to be dead. That wheat plant has to be dead. It has to be, what, 13% moisture. It, I mean, it ain't got no life in it at all. But it has to be dead. If we cut it any earlier than that, that seed's not dead enough to be able to make another plant. It has to be completely dead. When you replant that seed after it is completely dead, then life can spring up. Is that right? That's what happens in our baptism. That's what happens when we get baptized with the Holy Spirit. We are dead. We get crucified with Christ. That, that old guy's gone. And the new comes on. We have, to, we have to get rid of that old guy. That old guy's dead. And we are alive in Christ. Unfortunately, we still wear flesh. And we still fight sin. We still have troubles. But Christ is in us. And that is what is alive. I'm going to invite the music team back up here. As they're making their way back up here, just thinking about what we've talked about this morning, my question to you is, do you have hope? Do you have hope? Do you know what it means to have hope? 
Do you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was crucified? Do you believe in your heart that He was put in a tomb for three days? Do you believe in your heart that He was resurrected from the dead? There was no death that could keep His holy. Do you, do you believe that? This morning, is there part of your world that's crashing down? Just like mine was. This morning, my world is crashing down. I'm like, man, I've got... I've got something that I need to say down at Beecher Island this morning, and I'm not in the mood for it. And I don't know how to get up out of this. I was able to talk to Corey Clark, and nothing specific, but just being able to talk to another man that I knew knew God with all his heart. And I told him about all everything that was going on. He said, Man, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm Thank you. Because I'm going to need it. I guarantee you, I'm going to need it. There's times in this world that we reach out to grab a hold of the tap. And we try to turn on the water to our life, turn on the water to our soul, whatever it might be. And turn on, nothing comes out. There ain't nothing in this world that is going to revive you, that is going to give you life. Like Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the living water. That well will never run dry. You take a drink from Jesus Christ, you will never go thirsty. That is our Christ. I had this thought this morning because my heart was not in a good place because I'm going around trying to fix everything and I got dead critters laying around and I got horses that are running all over and and I know in a short time there's going to be cows that are going to be thirsty and they're not going to have water. I've got a boy that is going to need some formula and we don't have water. All this stuff is packing down on me. You know what? I got to thinking about it. So I'm trying to fix the world. I said, Tucker, fix your heart. When I was able to do that, I said, there ain't nothing. My hope is not in this, in this, uh, my hope is not in this life that I'm living right now. My hope is not in making sure that every animal stays alive on this place. My hope is not in making sure that this gates uh, don't come open in the middle of the night somehow or another. My hope is not in hope of my domestic world the house will stay run. My hope is in Jesus Christ. No matter what happens here on this earth, we have Him. We have that Spirit. And, and man, I'll tell you what, like that, my, my mood changed. Things will take care of itself. We got it handled. We rewired the well. We got water. Stop trying to fix the world. What if you just turn toward Jesus and fix your heart? Turn toward Jesus and fix your heart. If you still don't know this hope that I'm talking about, if, if you've never been able to feel Jesus, you, if you've never been able to feel the Spirit working on your soul, working on your heart, if you've never had that feeling that you can't explain, I want you to know it. I want you to know it like I do. I want you to know that there is a way that you don't have to be bogged down with all the things of this world. There is a bigger and better plan. I want you to know that. And the way to do that is to, to know Jesus Christ, to profess your faith, to profess to Him and, and say, God, I, I'm a sinner and I believe in You. I believe that Jesus Christ came for me. And I want you to know that Jesus Christ loved you so much. God loved you so much that He sent His only Son to die on that cross for your sin. 
We hear it every Sunday. Your gospel gets preached here every Sunday. But I, I never get tired of it. I love it. Jesus Christ loved you so much. He wants you. Last week, Corey Clark was talking about Peter running 900 miles an hour toward Jesus' empty tent. I hope that we can all run 900 miles an hour toward Jesus. And there are days like this morning that I don't do that. I wasn't always going backwards. But I want you to know I believe that Jesus Christ is running 900 miles an hour right towards you because He wants you forever in glory. He's going before us to make a place for us. I want you to know that today is the day. Tomorrow's not guaranteed. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't know this feeling, this hope that I'm talking about, it's more than just a feeling. It's a, it's a life-changing thing that happens. If you don't know that, I want to talk more about it. I want to tell you more about it. If, if, you want, if you want to know what that feels like, we will talk more. And it's a personal thing between you and Jesus, but I would love to. And there's other elders in here that would love to do the same thing. If there's anyone that needs prayers, I'm going to ask them, come up here. I will pray with you. If you don't feel like coming up here, if you want to pray later, whatever, you can go to the back. It doesn't matter. I pray that you know Jesus Christ. Stand with us and sing.